Sure, perhaps birds of prey didn't take off. Yet perhaps it even laid an egg or whatever other bird metaphors you want to use. But is it really that bad? Well, we'll discuss that and more on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Andy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 101 of the Geek Watch Podcast, the show where we talk about what you love to watch. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hey, Brian, 101, Podcast 101. We're starting to sound like either a Disney movie or a college course that you have to take as a freshman. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, well, now that we're in triple digits, some stuff to talk about today and some things to look forward to because things are starting to heat up a little bit. Some of the things that we like to talk about. I know, because I haven't started this yet, and I didn't want to talk to you about this, you have been watching Lock and Key. I have, yes. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about it so far? Oh, I am, I'm, I'm enthralled. I love it. I definitely recommend it. I think it's fine to watch with your kids. Don't let them watch it alone because it does throw you some curveballs. You know, it does seem like a very happy-go-lucky, you know, kids going on an adventure like to Neverland or to Wonderland or something. Then it'll take a really, really dark turn all of a sudden. And uh, so, you know, I do encourage that if your children are interested, it is a good show to watch. But, you know, you should watch with them, you know, kind of discretion and let them know that this is a fantasy, but uh, it's, it's really cool, really interesting and exciting. Yeah. Well, I, I, a lot of really good um, children's uh, writing has, has that sort of an element of fear to it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I think of things like Coraline for sure. Oh yeah. uh, And the graveyard book, both by Neil Gaiman. Oh, all the way back to, you know, uh, the wonderful Wizard of Oz, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that, you know, dropping houses on witches who are trying to kill you for shoes and uh so definitely oh yeah yeah so you know flying monkeys mm-hmm. there's not a, you know uh that scared every kid you know the the flying monkeys and of course you know of course we're going to be talking about some doctor who later and of course uh... hiding behind the couch has always has always been that part of doctor who and of course scarier aspects of the show of course played into this week's episode which again we'll we'll talk about uh, now, I know you haven't read the comic, nope. so I, there's really no point in, t- in talking about I know there's, there's how the to adaptation be- is or yeah. anything. Yep. And now, I've heard some people say there are some differences, but as far as this, now, you haven't seen the whole thing yet. Now, nope. I'm four now, episodes in. You're four episodes in, mm-hmm. but so far, you're really enjoying it. Oh, though. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have it in my queue to check out. I haven't had a chance to yet, and uh, of course, with other things that are coming up, we'll have to. I'll have to figure out how to work all of that in. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, I don't watch an awful lot of television, right? But I do watch. A, I mean, I do watch a little bit. I, I have to admit, I'm still, I'm still giving Picard a chance. Mm-hmm. I know some people have already bailed on it. I'm, Aww, I'm willing so to see. Well, you know, it's again, it, and we talked, we've talked about this before. I mean. Uh, it's definitely that darker take on Star Trek The Next Generation. Some people are into that. Some people are like, don't don't mess with my Star Trek. So, yeah, there's some people going to be like, you know, I'm, I'm this is not what I signed up for. And I get that. I, I mean, as of right now, I'm willing to to see where it goes. Uh, they could possibly lose me. I, I'm not saying that that's not going to be a, a possibility. But like I said, as of right now, I'm I'm uh, I'm checking it out every every Thursday. I don't know. 
if they'd have put the whole thing up, if I would have, you know, if I would have uh, bench watched the whole thing. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, maybe a good thing that they put it out, you know, uh, episodically like a normal, you know, uh, weekly show. So to keep people uh, to keep people uh, on the channel, because I I mean, that's the one thing. And going back to um, Lock and Key and Netflix, of course, you know, they put the entire season up. Right. Which is the way that they they do it, and so you know, if somebody's just interested in lock and key, they could well they could just do a um, if they've never had uh, Netflix before, they can do the uh, the week free, go in, watch everything, and then just bail on it. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked before is that I that there's been talk that Netflix is reconsidering their the way they they do this to try to keep people on the platform but uh you know as long as they continue to put out good shows i mean obviously that's going to entice people to stay on netflix and uh see what else uh, they're going to put out but i mean from what you've been telling me uh so far been pretty solid so mm-hmm. uh, i'm definitely uh, you know i'm definitely looking forward to it but uh yeah the idea of a um joe hill he just he seems to do you know, y- uh, young person fiction with a spooky element to it he mm-hmm. just seems to do that very well I wonder if he could take. Oh, we're not going to start yeah. that up again. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's going to be a thorn, uh, you know, a thorn in my side uh, for yeah. a long time. Actually, on the way here, I stopped at Build a Bear uh, because it said, you know, saying that the that the Doctor Who bear was available. It was not, and no. I asked them when it was going to be, and they said they did not know, and I was upset about that. Oh yeah, well, that's because it's available in the UK. Oh, the liars! Uh, yes, they they um. They haven't said when it's going to be available uh, in the United States, but yes, it's so it's it, not build a bear; it's build a bear. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but they did say one thing. I don't know how much you know about build a bear, or do you have any? Uh, not really. No. But uh, one of the things that they they do with the build a bear is um, you you pick out one of the little hearts to put into the bear, and they sew it into the bear. But the Doctor Who build a bears. You put two hearts in. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Because the doctor has two hearts. Exactly. Aww. But uh, I, I have seen some of the uh, some of the pictures of uh, what the bears I saw. The so, like, does the Darth Vader bear have a mechanical heart? That's a good question. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if it has a heart at all. Doesn't, mm. Or at least not until the end, right? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I, my, my apologies if I spoiled any of Star Wars for anybody <laughs> out there. It's like who but uh, yeah so i i saw pictures of uh, the 10th doctor bear mm-hmm. and he's wearing the uh he he's wearing the 3D, 3D glasses, glasses yes and he's holding his sonic screwdriver and i i saw a picture of of course uh the Jodie Whittaker 13th doctor bear in her little jacket yeah in her little jacket so yeah uh, America, we're not going to get it quite yet, but uh, it's on its way. But uh, yeah, there's n- there hasn't been any kind of uh, announcement yet. But uh, yeah, it's it's only in the UK at this point. So that store is going to be full of uh, you know adults <laughs> <laughs> as soon as that gets here. Yeah, that that that's a very mm-hmm. that's a very solid possibility for sure. I did eventually. I did finally go out and see Birds of Prey, Harley oh, Quinn. Okay. Uh, the yep. fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. No, no, not anymore. Well, well you know. <laughs> now it's the Harley Quinn movie, right? Now it's just the Harley Quinn movie. <laughs> although, of course, the, the original title's still on the prints. Is it okay? Yeah. So, uh, but you they still... did change it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I know they changed it on Regal. I don't know other sites if, if it's necessarily been changed yet, or it probably has by now. But I did go to see it. I did go to see it in a completely empty theater. So. 
So I, the name change didn't do anything here in Nitro, West Virginia. So no, no, it did. Well, uh, I actually went to see it uh, at the Marquee Theater. Oh, they have Regal there. The Nitro is the Regal, but I was oh. I was just saying that I I noticed on the Regal <gasps> oh, website. I apologize. Okay. Oh no, I I just wasn't clear on that. But yeah, I saw it on the Regal website that mm-hmm. that they were calling it. Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. Well, did, I, did they at least put you in the little theaters, or were you in a massive theater all by yourself? I was in one of the mid-sized theaters. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. So there were, there was a lot of seats, and I had my choices. Mm-hmm. So. I, I saw Shape of Water in a, in a tiny theater, and uh, it was just me and my niece in there. And then I saw Fifth Estate in a massive theater, and it was only me and one other guy in the whole theater. Yeah. But no, it was it was just me, and I did mention that uh, after I went to see it, we you know discussed a little bit about a lot of the things people have been saying about the film, because at this point now I've actually seen the film and I can confirm or deny debunk. what's been uh-huh. yeah or debunk that's mm-hmm. a good word for it debunk what people have been saying. I'm not really going to do like a full blown review on it because anybody who wants to see this film has seen it by now, and I don't think there's really Anything that I necessarily that I can say, if you've decided you're not going to watch it, you're just not going to go see it. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that I can say. If you're on the fence, I say go see it because it's a lot better than what uh, what a lot of people have been saying. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, if you see the reviews, the reviews are really good. Although, again, with Rotten Tomatoes, if you know, it's like reviews are more are are more nuanced than thumbs up and thumbs down but <laughs> of course rotten tomatoes they have to decide is a uh, is a review thumbs up and thumbs down and you read some of these reviews and you wonder why they they did that you know why they rated this review thumbs up or one thumb down it's like you know sometimes you'll read a review that's like well if you like uh ripoffs and and uh garbage then you'll like this movie and they'll give it a thumbs up for that review well they said you'd like it <laughs> it's hmm. like no okay. that's not what they were saying at all huh. but here's what i will say about the movie and what i what i've learned walking away from it and i think really what we can definitely talk about as far as uh, about as far as the movie is because one of the things that i've noticed uh, online about people talking about this film is a lot of reviewers, or, uh, or I would at least say YouTube reviewers, and many of the women, I'll say, accuse the film of being very anti-male. They would say things like, you know, there's no positive male characters in, in the entire movie. You know, it's it's another, you know, sort of an attack on males. And, and I, I want to start out by saying, you know, I, I definitely appreciate the fact that there are some women out there who are willing to stick their necks out to protect me from films. And I'm only being slightly sarcastic when I say that. Mm-hmm. But I, I do appreciate that, that, that some people would go out of their way saying, hey, a movie should not be misandric at all. At the same time, I have to say, after seeing the film, I personally did not feel that I, had, that I was being attacked as a male by, uh, in this film. Mm-hmm. And I will also say that this idea... That a movie, you know, with predominantly male, uh, or I should say predominantly female characters, writers, directors, uh, to say that, that these type of films are inherently political, that they're inherently misandric or man-hating, and that um, also that if you have a movie that has predominantly female characters that you need to put in a, some positive male characters in so that people don't think you're being misandric. These things, I well, I'm just going to call BS on all of that. I don't think any of that is is true. 
I don't feel like just because, you know, a person of color or, you know, a female makes a film that it's it automatically has to be political. You know, if you have a platform and you want to say something on this platform, I get it. And I can understand why some people might feel like, you know, women and people of color don't get a whole lot of opportunities to helm films. And when they get those opportunities, they should make statements with them. And I can understand why people might feel that way. But me personally, I feel like, again, if people who have not had the chance to make films are given the chance to make films, they should be allowed to make whatever kind of films they want to make and tell the kind of stories they want to tell. The Harley Quinn movie, it's not political. They're not trying to make any kind of a statement. They're just they're just wanting to make a fun film. Uh, so after coming off the heels of the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, where it was, you know, I guess, interpretable, but definitely making some kind of statement. Yes. Uh, just a personal statement to the viewer. So this one was more, let's go have fun, kind yeah. of. All right. It's yeah. very, I mean, I'm not going to say it's it, it's a ripoff, per se, but it's definitely made me mindful of Deadpool. It's uh, it's very com- much very like comparable. That. Very, I would say very compar- uh, comparable. Mm-hmm. And nobody was looking at Deadpool trying to figure out the theme of it. Oh, but it did. Well, Deadpool 2 did anyway. I mean, that was, you know, they did a great job at, you know, uh, discussing the issues surrounding the, you know, gay community, lesbian community, uh, transsexual community. And as far as, you know, talking about being isolated and being excluded and segregated and put through conversion torture, um, I mean, Deadpool 2 did a great job of, Mm -hmm. you know, showing that. So, uh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the mutant community has always been a metaphor for, you know, the segregation of any kind. Yeah. yeah, Segregation, disenfranchisement and Mm -hmm. all of that. But like I said, at the same time, a lot of the issues that that I've seen, there were complaints about with uh, Birds of Prey were things that you also saw in Deadpool, but nobody seemed to care about those. Mm -hmm. Here you have this movie's basically caught between two sides of a political argument. You know, you have the you have the one side where they're upset that, you know, this is a woman film and they're just expecting all kinds of of, you know, man-hating going on in it. And then you have the other side where people feel like they didn't go too far, they didn't go far enough with, you know, you know, there are gay and lesbian issues involved and they also say uh that the male that the male villain coded as a gay man, which by coded, of course, they didn't come out and say he's gay. Oh, I've never heard that phrase, coded. Yeah, in other okay. words, they say that he has certain aspects of being, you know, being a certain type of character. Okay, instead of like, I would, I've always heard alluded. Yeah. So is that not so saying coded uh, is something? Uh, coded is similar to alluded, but okay. when they say co- when they when they talk about coding, they talk about where you have a character in literature or you know in a movie. That they don't come out and necessarily say this person is this way, but they have. But the intention is that you understand that they are this. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they say, you know, that uh, that Black Mask was was a gay coded character, and that they didn't really develop that. And I'm like, you could pretty much take that either way. But this is what I will say about about this movie, and and like I said, a lot of the the issues with it, it it's basically it got. It got caught between, like I said, a rock and a hard place. It was just a movie trying to be fun that had uh, really good action, really inter- really great stunts in it who, that was filmed really well. That just wanted to be a fun popcorn flick, and it got caught in this this maelstrom oh, yeah. of you know what's it trying to say? What's the message? Is it you know is it man hating? 
and, and, and I do want to address one thing about the man-hating thing. I don't want to. I don't want to beat a dead horse with this thing, but it's true that no, there wasn't a whole lot of positive male characters in this movie. But that being said, there wasn't a whole lot of positive characters in this movie. Period. <laughs> uh, because it's you know it's Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's a criminal mm-hmm. who hangs out with criminals in a city that's so corrupt that you have to that a millionaire in a bat suit has to basically hold the city together. I mean, there's not an awful lot of, of positive role models. Yeah, to and be Batman had. himself isn't really that positive a role model because he chose vigilanteism over therapy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> exactly. And the other thing too is that even if you had put in some sort of positive male character into this movie, okay, which I absolutely don't think they should have done, but if you'd have done it, then what would have happened? I'll tell you exactly what would have happened. You would have had people who were simultaneously shipping this guy with Harley Quinn and complaining that having a male character for her to rely on totally undermined the message of the entire film and her arc, even if there was no indication that they were going to be a couple. They would have mashed the two of them together and accused the you know the, the filmmakers of, of messing up the whole point of the movie even if they had no intention of doing that. I just don't understand. I, I don't see that how you were going to stow this anchor because putting that character in would have just slowed down the the whole movie. And, you know, there's no place in that in that story for some character that you're putting in for no reason in the world but to let people know, hey, we don't really hate guys. <laughs> I mean, most of the guys were kind of slimy. I get that. But again, we're dealing with criminals for the most part. Well, I mean, there was the one guy that makes that awesome, uh, makes the awesome egg sandwich that that Harley just loves, and he, you know, he he uh, he continued to make those awesome egg sandwiches, and you know, nothing. So, I mean, you got that going for you, I suppose. But I just think it's ridiculous uh, in this situation to to think that. You know, we had to have a positive male character in this movie just so that people, you know, for no other reason but to say, hey, you know, we just let you know that, you know, hey, guys are okay, or at least some guys are okay. It wouldn't have been appropriate for this movie. And so I, again, I didn't feel like as a male I was being attacked by this film. I, I, my feeling uh, going out of that film was that um, the filmmakers wanted me to have a great time, enjoy some awesome action scenes, enjoy some comedy. So uh, have some fun. Fast and Furious. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't trying to make some some major statement. You know, some people complained about you know that that the plot was pretty linear and um, you know simple. And I'm like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It didn't have to be complicated. That's not what they were going for. You know, it was just a, it was just a fun thing, and I enjoyed the fun thing. And uh, that that's basically it. I I honestly I think pe- it's a shame that more people are not are not giving this movie a chance because it's it's well shot, it's fun, the action scenes are just amazing. And uh like I said, it's it's a fun little popcorn movie. That's all it was trying to be. And again, you just get this movie that gets caught in this maelstrom of uh you know, people expecting certain things out of it, thinking it's going to do this, you know, uh criticizing the film without actually seeing it or even giving it a chance. I get it. If you if you saw Suicide Squad, and you're like, I, I don't want any more of that. Okay, I get it. Maybe you might not want to watch Birds of Prey, but Birds of Prey is not Suicide Squad. Like I said, if you like Deadpool, I, I you you're gonna like Birds of Prey. I really feel that. If you if you enjoyed that kind of storytelling 
and then kind of fourth wall breaking, you get the same thing in, in Birds of Prey. So again, like I said, I, I don't think anybody's going to really change their mind. I think people have already made up their mind. In a perfect world, people would, would basically judge movies on their merits and, and not concern themselves with all the outside stuff. Uh, but we don't live in a perfect world. And that's uh, pretty obvious. So, But uh, if I got to give a review, uh, my simple uh, one-line review is it's a great movie. Check it out before it leaves the theaters. Because if anything else, you'll get your pick of the seats. You can sit pretty much wherever you want after watching it. So there you go. Speaking of uh, films and television, even though uh, you still haven't gotten caught up yet, we are going to talk. Not. We're going to talk some Doctor Who. Doctor Who. But that makes me ask the question. Um, of course, you you haven't watched Doctor Who since Praxis. Nope. Mm-mm. Have you bailed out on Doctor Who? I gotta ask. I don't think I'm there yet. But I'll be honest. When you know, when it was Sunday, and you know, on my normal day, when I you know I'm excited, I'm like, okay, at eight o'clock, I'm gonna watch Doctor Who. I forgot about it. So I mean, it has become like a non-priority to me, like it used to be. That's where I am right now. Uh, I may have to wait until the season comes out and binge it to get better at it. Uh, but as of right now, I have—I don't know that I've lost my faith in it, but it has it's not the priority to me this season that it has been. Hmm. Let me ask you, do you think it was in praxis specifically, or do you think that you were having issues? The Joe Hill issue? Uh, well, it could have been a combination. <laughs> well, I was going to say if there were other episodes during this during this season that started you down that road were you were you excited all the way up to praxis and then the and that was it praxis i that- could say i could say that yeah um i mean the the episodes definitely weren't as worthy as they could be and you mm-hmm. know and I, i've always said it i was like we deserve better uh the cast deserves better and the crew deserves better and you know it's not a problem of the acting it's not a problem of you know any anything but the way they're presenting us this story Mm-hmm. I think this story has the potential to be something really magical and really special, and I don't think they're doing it justice. I mean, I was really excited about, you know, the Tesla and Edison episode and really excited about those. And, you know, the return of Captain Jack is always fun. Uh, but right now I don't have a problem uh, waiting to watch it. I'm not yeah. really excited. You know, uh, let's see. Walking Dead comes back on next Sunday and I'm really excited about that and so like oh you know I feel like I'm ready for that priority Doctor Who hasn't been that priority to me lately and that hurts it hurts me because I'm such a Whovian and yeah before we go into this week's episode I am going to mention something I'm going to go back last week and we talked about the episode and why it bothered me Mm -hmm. you hadn't seen it Mm -hmm. there was something else about the episode that bothered me that I didn't talk about that I am going to mention briefly And the reason I didn't mention it originally is because I felt that it may have bothered me, but it was too personal and that it wouldn't really have bothered anybody else. But I want to talk about that scene at the end. We didn't talk about the scene last week, but I do want to talk about it now. There was a scene at the end where Graham is talking to the doctor. And if you remember the last episode where several people were having, you know, they were being subjected to their own nightmares. And Graham's nightmare was his cancer coming back and and all that. And so he has this talk with the doctor that he realizes that that he's scared of his cancer coming back and you know it how it makes him feel. And the doctor basically says, "Well, you know, I'm 
kind of awkward, so I'm just going to walk over here and look at my console and not talk about it. That's basically what she said. And then that was the end of the scene. And that bothered the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. And it bothered me because, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an older geek. As somebody who suffered from a a life-threatening illness that could have killed me. I know what it feels like to have a specter of something like that hanging over your shoulder and wondering, you know, will this ever come back? And having that that feeling that, you know, death is closer than it was when you were a kid. You know, especially when you reach a certain age where you're like you realize you have lived longer than you're going to live, you know, and I'm at that place. And so I really sympathize with with Graham because I knew exactly what he was going through. And especially when I think about, you know, back in the David Tennant era, you know, right before he regenerated that where he was sitting in the cafe with Wilfred Mm -hmm. and was having that conversation, you know, how scared he was to to go on, even though he was going to regenerate. But this I. The idea that everything that he was at that moment was going to die. And I thought about that. And then I thought about this really, you know, uh, this crap answer that the doctor gave Graham. And I was like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. This was a moment that could have been really good. These are the moments that you you live for in in good storytelling. And we know that Jodie Whittaker would not have a problem with this. I right. mean, everyone who watched Broadchurch know how amazing she is. Yeah. So it's not her. It's you know, are our writers getting lazy? Well, You're giving th- this, you know, thousands and thousands of year old being, you know, making them awkward and like they not know what to say. Especially when he's had That's the doctor- bovine feces. Yeah. Well, you know, it, definitely so. And and the truth is, it's like it's not like the doctor hasn't had this conversation before. But again, I think it falls it falls into, again, why they, they're not doing Christmas episodes, because one of the hallmarks of the Christmas episodes are the fact that you have to have these really emotional moments. And I don't know why it seems like Chibnall's scared of them. <laughs> but yeah, basically took what looked like it was going to be a very emotional moment. This would have been something we would have talked about that Hoovians would have talked about. It's like, well, what's great about Jodie Whittaker? You remember that moment when Graham came to her and said, I'm scared of dying? And what, you know, and the, that great speech that, that she gave? But that, we didn't get that. And the thing about it is, like I said, I didn't really talk about it because I, I felt it was it was personal. And I, I didn't know if other people necessarily would have been as bugged by this as I was. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because this week I noticed that there was a news article that a lot of people complained to the BBC about this very thing. <laughs> so much so, in fact, that the BBC went up on their Twitter page and apologized. Oh, so we maybe may- we'll get a uh, maybe we'll get a um, you know a makeup scene. A uh... well, I mean, it would be too late for this season, obviously, since mm. all, the whole thing is filmed at this point. Well, obviously, bring him back in. Yeah, well, bring him back in, re-edit it. Yeah, well, maybe so, but... They did it for Sonic the Hedgehog, they can do it for Doctor Who. Uh, maybe so. If anything, for those of us who have who've gone through this type of thing, and, and in some cases are still going through it, if we have any kind of solace at all, it definitely is the fact that we're not alone, for sure. But uh, we'll talk briefly about uh, the last episode, because it, it did turn out to be exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was going to be a setup for the two-parter, so in a real sense... These three episodes, it's going to be three episodes, this and the two-parter is going to be the the, the uh, season finale. And, of course, they drop the doctor and uh, her family in the middle of probably the most important 
night in the history of science fiction, you know, the the night when Mary Shelley yeah, created- Lord Byron's party. Yeah. Yes, Lord Byron's pi- mm-hmm. party. And so, uh, like I said, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about this because, again, if you decide that you want to catch up, I'm sure they're going to show this episode next Sunday before, you know, on BBC America before they show the first of the two-parters. So if you want to get caught up on it, as much as I did not like the uh, the episode before, I enjoyed this one. It was a really interesting setup. We did get to see the lone Cyberman. And yes, the doctor did give the Cyberman what it wanted after it had been told, don't do this. But you have that you have that moment where where Ryan is saying, Look, we you heard the warning, we can't do this. There's a situation where um where Shelley it's a choice between the life of Byron Shelley and you know, giving the, the Cyberman, the lone Cyberman, what he wants. And the doctor goes off and said, you don't have to, you don't have to make these type of decisions. I do. And she pulls rank. I mean, she pulls rank and says, you know, in these situations, there's this big mountain and I'm the one sitting at the top of it. That's <laughs> literally what she said. So uh, you can see that the doctor is, is feeling more and more of the weight of having to make these kind of decisions. And so she makes the decision to basically give this, uh, and like I said, we'll, we'll just call it the MacGuffin because I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail because, again, you haven't seen it. But uh, the, the, the lone Cyberman gets the MacGuffin, and then, of course, she and the fam rush off in the TARDIS to try to fix the mess that she was she felt she had been forced to make, basically, which is going to be, of course, this the, the two-parter that we're going to be getting in the next couple of weeks. But uh, you get this great little haunted house story, and although you get an explanation for some of it, there's this great little scene at the end. Again, I'm not going to spoil it, but you get the feeling that, okay— uh, maybe there was m- some ghostly stuff going on. Mm. Um, so you you get you don't get like a hundred percent explanation of of all the ghost ghostly stuff happening in the house. You get some explanation, but what about that little piece there? Where where does that fit in? Well, it doesn't. You know, mm. so you still get a little bit of a haunted house story involved, uh, which which I like. I said I enjoyed. I certainly enjoyed it better than than the episode on the week before. But we are now set uh, setting ourselves up for the uh for the uh, season finale the two part season finale uh which of course are going to involve the cybermen and there's been some rumors uh been trying to keep away from a whole lot of spoilers but uh there is an epic space battle coming up for sure like i said there was a lot of things that the lone cybermen said that uh that was intriguing as far as this cyber war and who was involved in it i mean we know a little bit because of course what uh jack harkness said about it but we're going to be delving deeply into it. And, of course, you know, the doctor's reaction to to a Cyberman was understandable, especially to people who remember uh, how Capaldi checked out. And, of course, you've not seen any of the Capaldi episodes. But uh, the doctor's beef with the Cybermen is pretty much up there now with the uh, with the Daleks. And to be understood, certainly, if you were, if you know uh, what happened in the Capaldi era. But... Uh, so we will see. We've got two more weeks of that. But, you know, you also mentioned also that uh, starting this weekend. But the dead is back. Yeah, we're going to have to talk mm-hmm. about that. And we will we will discuss that next week. One thing um, uh, I have been avoiding all the trailers because they said there's way too many spoilers in the trailers. What are you doing, AMC? Stop mm-hmm. doing that. 
don't spoil the show. <laughs> I, so I've avoided the trailers. I, there is one little piece of news that I do know is that he said that this next episode, the first uh, of this uh, half season, uh, has gotten a rating for sexual content. Oh. Yeah, mm. which they don't get. That doesn't happen very often. There have mm. been some moments where in, during the show that, you know, in the course of the show, they've they've gotten this. I don't wish to speculate on where this is going to happen in the show and who it's going to involve because it can be really terrible, actually. Uh, I don't particularly, uh, I may not particularly want to know. <laughs> so it could be bad. It could be good. I don't know. Of course, you know, like I said, this is not something that winds up in a lot of the shows. And so whenever you see that in the rating, you know, people are like, oh, what are they about to do? You know, of course, we'll see that on Sunday. And who, uh, of course, this is that moment uh, in the uh, in January and February that 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 people like you and I dread because now we've got two shows on Sunday that yep. we've got to deal with. So uh, fortunately for me, I I never watch uh, Doctor Who on BBC America. I of course I I have it streaming, so uh, so I, I watch it when I decide to watch it. So I usually catch that on Monday. But uh, and Walking Dead usually about the same thing. So. Um, it puts me in a really bad situation where I have to avoid the internet on Sundays and parts of Monday until I, until I see the, the episodes, but uh, we'll definitely talk about uh, the walking dead and uh, Dr. Who uh, on the next podcast. So, well, with that said, we come to the end of episode one Oh one. Thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the geek watch podcast. From Andy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.